The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, everybody. Action Network's go-to Major League Baseball betting podcast. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, with Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch, also Action Network senior writer Sean Zarillo. They are two of the very best that cover Major League Baseball. We come to you every Tuesday and Friday in the baseball season. We have analysis, breakdown of the MLB slate. Please rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We hope you're enjoying the show. As the year rolls on, we go into Memorial Day weekend with a 14-game Friday slate. We won't waste any time because it's still pretty loaded despite the Cubs and White Sox not playing on this Friday. Sean Zarillo, we look at uh, matchups of the day and leading off. We'll spend a few minutes on some of the matchups that both Sean and Colin are eyeing and uh, have particular interest in. And we'll start with the Yankees and the Rays. What do you got for us? I bet the under seven and a half here, I would need minus 115 or better in order to play it. I believe it's moved up to minus 120 and the market has also moved towards the raise. I would need minus 112 or better to play Tampa if it ends up moving back down. I believe it's closer to minus 120, but it shows you the amount of respect there is out there for Jeffrey Springs. If I'm looking for more of a long-term angle in this matchup, it would probably be the raise divisional price. It's around plus 650. This would be the time to jump in. They have three games the rest of the weekend with the Yankees. Bunch of their season series games remaining. They played their first one last night. Now, Pakoda Fangraphs don't really give them that much of a chance. 1.2% for Pakoda, 7% from Fangraphs. So they don't really see value in that plus 650, but the Rays are always under projected by these public projection systems. They could conceivably be only two and a half games back in the division by the end of the weekend. So if you're interested in the Rays, I would jump in now will probably be the peak price if they end up coming back. Otherwise, it just may be a losing ticket on anyone. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm sure we'll get into some of that stuff, you know, next week. That's always like kind of the measuring stick, right? Major League Baseball. What do you look like through Memorial Day? Are you in it? Are you not in it? Are you a buyer? Are you a seller? Still, we're not quite there yet, but we're getting pretty close. So uh, that's good that you mentioned some value on Tampa. 
Colin Whitchurch, you have a, an angle on this game from a betting standpoint? I'm on the under as well, but I really like the first five innings under. It's it's pretty low, three and a half, but you can get plus money on the under three and a half. Jeffrey Springs, man, the Rays seem to find these guys every couple of years, right? These these perfect three, four, five inning. You know, he's not even necessarily an opener, and he's not necessarily a full-time starter, but he's perfect for a time or two through the order. Um I, I think he's just he's made uh, four starts now, I think, and he he's only had one real blow up. He misses bats at an above average rate. And Jamison Tyone has been very good this year. He's not striking out many batters, but he's limiting walks and he's limiting the long ball. I like betting unders at Tampa's abomination of a stadium. And I think that with the combination of springs and what we've seen of Tyon this year, um, under, under seven and a half, I definitely like, but you can get plus money at the first five innings under three and a half. So that, that's where I'm looking more than anything in this matchup. This, yeah, that one, under died in tragic fashion last night, by the way. It was yes. zero, zero through five, four, nothing through eight. And then I believe five runs in the ninth. So opposite of what we normally see in Tampa. Oof, where it's usually yeah, very, very sorry people uh, were on that one. But you're right. Like normally it's it's early scoring and then nothing late. Last night it was quite the opposite. Can't sleep on that Yankees lineup, that's for sure. Um, as for Springs, like you said, uh, four innings against the Angels in early May, that was his worst outing of the season. Three earned runs, he allowed a homer, struck out four. He had four walks last game against Baltimore, but found his way around it. One hit allowed, struck out seven. Let's go to Phillies Mets, Falter versus Carrasco. That is the pitching matchup. Phillies at plus 135. So we've got one of these in division matchups going into a long weekend. And uh, the Phillies, they are, uh, they're getting some, some pretty good odds in terms of um, uh, as a dog at plus 135. Mets at minus 150, total set at eight. What's your angle, Sean? I bet the Phillies here. No, I actually bet them last night. I probably should have waited because the line ended up going up. I would have made them a favorite with Zach Eflin as the starter, which was a surprise even to me. With Bailey Falther, I still like them. Like them down to about plus 125. I believe I projected it at plus 118. You can get some plus 140s out there. I also like the unders here. The wind is blowing out, but the under eight for the full game to minus 110. The first five under four and a half. You could actually bet that up to minus 130. Falter is a bit tough to project, but he does project decently well. My model Carrasco has been improved this year. So even with the wind blowing out, I do like the unders, despite the Phillies' scary bullpen, which can probably just blow up late. And the Mets seem to blow up every bullpen late as well. So. Yeah, the, the Mets seem to be an over team, but I, I do think uh, at some point their offense will not be a complete luck box and get all these infield singles and put together all this string luck. And then the Phillies are probably better than their record so far, especially considering their run differential and the problems they've had hitting at home. Plus 13 run differential for those Phillies. Colin, uh, Mets have lost two in a row, but is there an angle on the Mets? Or are you, you with Sean here and they're mostly Philly angle, mostly a Philly angle in unders? I am on I am on Philly as well. I agree with Sean. Um, Falter, again, like like Sean said, it's hard to project. I'm going to keep fading the Mets and think that they're going to regress down to earth a little bit un- until we, we really see it. Um, they, yeah, as you mentioned, they've lost two straight. Carrasco has been pretty good this year, but where I'm going is probably the first five Phillies money line just because the Phillies bullpen scares the crap out of me always does pretty much anytime I'm going to bet a Phillies money line, especially at plus money. I'm also going to bet the first five, you know, that way, if you win the first five, you lose the full game because of their bullpen, you still come out with plus money. So first five is where I'm looking and I'll also take some full game. Okay. Moving right along. 
Brewers, Cardinals is another game Sean and Colin are eyeing. Brewers, a favorite on the road against the Cards, who are at plus 125 tonight on the money line. Low total, set at seven runs. What's the play here, Zarillo? It is a pass for me. I projected the total at 7.3. I projected the Cardinals full game line around plus 123. So I would lean to the over in the Cardinals. I actually considered just blindly betting the Brewers in the first five innings, though. My break-even price was about minus 140. If you can get that, I would consider playing it. I just view Woodruff as a substantially better pitcher than Dakota Hudson. Hudson's expected metrics in the high fours, low fives this year. I think he's probably the worst pitcher on the Cardinals by quite a bit. So definitely see a pretty big edge in the pitching gap, but Cardinals defense adding that into every game. And especially with the way Hudson pitches, allowing a lot of balls in play, they clean everything up. So that's kind of what neutralizes the game money line projection for me. Made my money on the Brewers last night. Happy to pass on this one today. You know, it's too early in the year, and this really isn't a thing anymore in baseball because of the way starting pitchers are used. But the way the Cardinals kind of set this up from a pitching standpoint, you're four and a half back. It's the team right in front of you in the NL Central. Whitchurch, uh, I think Zarello is right on it. The, the, the number, the money line numbers are set the way they are because the, of the pitching. Do you, is it a stay away spot for you too? I'll probably have some on the Brewers, honestly, because I think this money line should be higher. I still really like Brandon Woodruff. You know, he his expected indicators are a lot lower than his ERA. He's a 3.22 xFIP, 3.51 xERA. And I'm still buying this Brewers offense and what they can do against Dakota Hudson, who's walking a ton of batters this season. He's up to 4.28 walks per nine innings. Probably what I'll end up doing is taking a little bit on the Brewers money line, but also taking a look at the Brewers team total. If you can get it somewhere like three and a half, bet the over there. I don't see any reason the Brewers aren't going to score off Hudson today. Brewers are six and two in Woodruff starts this season. He has allowed a home run in four straight starts, but he's managed to go uh, reasonably deep into the game and he's striking guys out. Blue Jays, Angels, another game we're discussing. This one should be fun in terms of the offense, but the total set at eight runs. It's an Apple TV game too, Zarillo. So I, I want I want to know the Apple TV angle on this game. I did bet the over, you know, and I didn't realize yes. it until after realizing that it was on Apple TV. So that's definitely something I'm a fan of. I bet the over seven and a half. It's up to eight. I'd still like it at eight minus 104. You actually see the amount of respect that the market has for Chase Silseth. Uh, Alec Minot has been one of the best pitchers in the American League this year, and I kind of project this game right where it's lined. Minus 115 for Toronto for the first five, minus 105 for the full game. I believe they're sitting minus 110. So I really wanted to bet Toronto here. I was looking forward to doing it, but still Seth projects pretty well. Uh, high threes, ERA kind of guy, maybe low fours. Manoa, a high twos, low threes guy. So yeah, still set 22 years old, really surprised me how well he projects, how well he's pitched thus far. So other than an over at eight, a low juiced eight, it would be a pass for me. Angels and Blue Jays are both in the thick of the American League wild card race. Again, it's very early to start going there, but look, these games are going to be meaningful with that extra spot in each each uh, each league this season. Colin, you have a play here for Blue Jays, Angels? I don't understand this line at all. I didn't understand it when it opened at minus 115. I still love the Blue Jays at minus, 20, minus 120. Uh, Zerillo mentioned Silseth uh, projects really well, and and maybe that's true. He's made two starts this season. Both of them are against the Oakland Athletics, the worst offense in baseball. Arguably, they're going against Manoa, who is one of the best pitchers in the American League. I just don't 
understand why Manoa isn't favored by more. I'm going to be taking Blue Jays first five. I'm going to be taking their full game. I understand the Blue Jays have been pretty pedestrian relative to expectations so far this season. They're also a low 500 on the road this year, but this is a drastic pitching mismatch in my eyes. It's entirely possible that Silseth ends up being what Zerillo says he's going to be, but I just need to see it before I'm going to give him as much respect as the market's giving him against a pitcher like Alec Manoa and against an offense like Toronto's. So give me all of Toronto minus 120. And to be clear, like the Brewers and the the Jays, just like you, Kyle, looking at the lines, they were very like apparent, oh, I want to bet this. I might end up parlaying them together just for fun because they're they're like minuscule edges, especially for the first five innings. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't get... look out for that on my card. Those are bets I wanted to make. Just my projections kind of stopped me from doing it, but I might have some action on those. Days. Yeah, the the Brewers or the Blue Jays line is one of those where I look at it and it seems too good to be true. So that's what scares me is I'm like, what is what does the market know that I don't know? Because this just seems like a total mismatch. But I'm going to take the bait, which is what exactly what they want me to do. And I'm going to be on Toronto. <laughs> Looking at the Action Network app in the pro section, sharp money coming in on the Angels. Again, it's very early in the day. I realize that. And the, uh, the total... To Zerillo's point, uh, Apple TV um, experts are betting the over today. So, also want to mention Manoa, his yeah. strikeout prop today. Uh, I forgot to mention that over six and a half at plus one fourteen is the ten out of ten grade on our Action Labs projections. Mm-hmm. People need to head over to Action Network Labs to to check out those full projections. They project him at seven point six strikes tonight, so over six and a half, uh, great value. Okay, very good. Moving on to. On deck, other games you want to hit on today. Those are some of the games that we're specifically really into. And now uh, we'll let each of these guys kind of dive into some other plays they're on in the rest of the slate. 14 gamer today. Oh, look out. Uh-oh. You think you're safe over there on deck, but you're really not. Let's move on. Uh, wait, Church, we'll go to you first here. Orioles, Red Sox. That's the uh, Apple TV. It's an Apple TV doubleheader today. Red Sox, Orioles get it started at Fenway Park. Whitlock v. Bradish today. What's your angle? I feel like we've talked about Kyle Bradish on this podcast, basically every start he's made in his career, but I can't stop <laughs> watching the kid and I can't stop betting on him. I'm still a big fan. He has a 5.76 ERA, but he has a 3.64 XFIP and his Babbitt allowed right now is 328. He's been insanely unlucky. He's also made five starts. And I think almost every single one of them has been against an elite offense. He's played the Cardinals. He's played the Yankees. He's played the twins against the Cardinals. Actually, he went seven innings and struck out 11. So I'm still a big fan of this kid, despite his ERA on the other side, Garrett Whitlock has been one of my favorite pitchers to back. The Red Sox offense has been amazing lately. They just destroyed my White Sox for a couple of games in Chicago. Bucks striking out 11 batters per nine. His XFIP's actually better than his 3.58 ERA, 3.18 XFIP. Despite the Red Sox offense blowing up like it has lately, I think this total is set way too high. This is, along with the Toronto, this is one, the other line that I just kind of did a double take on and think it's too good to be true. Nine and a half. Love the under here between Bradish and Whitlock. And I like even more the first five under five and a half. Bradish is good enough to shut down this offense for at least twice through the order. Whitlock has been borderline elite all season long that it's, it's just way too high. Red Sox scored 16 runs on the White Sox and Colin Whitchurch went to Twitter. This really feels like a game. The White Sox are going to come back and win. He told okay. him foolishly. 
I just thought that was hysterical when I read that. That was um, when it was uh, seven to five, I believe, is when I when I tweeted that. Thank you, Brendan. I I got a it. I got a chuckle out of your uh, your narrator voice. I was yes. picturing you saying it out loud. <laughs> okay, very good. Looking forward to that one tonight over at uh, at Fenway. Yeah, the Orioles. I mean, they're uh, we ha- it's like mandatory also on the podcast to talk about the Orioles because of uh, producer Matt Mitchell now at this point. Uh, Zarillo, you've got three more you want to run through, and I'm very interested in what you think about Dodgers Diamondbacks because that total is just outrageous. So let me start with the, the Orioles and Red Sox real quick. I, yep. I echo Colin's thoughts on the under. I'll actually get to that first five under in best bets in a moment. The wind is blowing out and it's on Apple TV. That is what concerns me. Also, how do you project for Trevor Story being guaranteed to drive in three or four runs tonight? You know, you kind of have to right. factor that in somewhere, right? Um, so let's start with the Dodgers and Diamondbacks. I do like the D-backs here to plus 136. Haven't loved what I've seen from Ryan Pepio for the Dodgers. It is kind of a bullpen game behind him. I do factor that in. I kind of combine his metrics with the Dodgers bullpen and make it more of a bullpen game. Still like the Diamondbacks down to plus 136, but I agree. I think that totals high. Now it kind of depends if the roof is open or closed in Arizona. Mm. Not sure what they did with it last night, but I do like the full game under nine and a half to minus 105 and the first five under to five at minus 102. You can get those at 10 and five and a half respectively. So definitely like the unders on those totals, even in a Bumgarner game. I know it scares me a little bit. We're going to bet the under there and also the Diamondbacks, the Astros and Mariners. I like the Astros here on the first five line up to minus 200. I laid the juice with Verlander. I see a two run gap in terms of my model weighted ERA between Verlander and Chris Flexen. I would even look in an Astros first five team total over two and a half. I think I saw it at plus 125 at DraftKings. So I'm going to take a closer look at that. Only projected around 2.4, but considering that plus 125, it actually might make it a small edge. And then lastly, the Guardians and the Tigers, same matchup as over the weekend between Alex Fado and Shane Bieber. I bet the Tigers at plus 167 there, they close plus 160. Accounting for the adjustment in home field advantage, you would expect the line today to close around plus 120 for Detroit. Now it has come down, I bet it around plus 150 or so last night like it to plus 135. I believe it's sitting at plus 140. So it has moved their direction. I think it could be even lower. Fado is a lot of pedigree, former first round pick, good numbers in the high minors, had Tommy John surgery, but he projects pretty well. And Bieber is still a pitcher I'm trying to fade. I brought this up a few times, but you take everything else. He had the small season Cy Young sample during the pandemic, only faced central teams, great metrics, low twos, expected metrics. Other than that, kind of a low threes guy. This year, he's sitting in the mid threes because his velocity is down three and a half miles an hour from that Cy Young season, two miles an hour from last year, not missing bats as much. There's a lot of reasons to be concerned about Shane Bieber. Take away the sticky stuff too last year. That definitely factors into it as well. Some spin has fallen off of his pitches. So a lot of reasons that I'm willing to go against Shane Bieber. And you just look at the adjustment line going from a road game for the Tigers to a home game. This line should definitely be much lower. Couple, I want to react to a couple of things Zarillo said, because first of all, I, I don't know how you do it, Sean. I cannot, I had to physically for restrain myself from betting on the diamondbacks against the Dodgers. I was, I was broken. I was a shattered man after the diamondbacks Dodgers series last week. I think I bet the diamondbacks first five full game every single day. The Dodgers swept them. I, I don't know how you're doing it again. I just can't, it, it hurts me too much. <laughs> <laughs> to, to bet on the Diamondbacks again. It's insane. Second second thing, uh, a more serious point. Uh, I love the Tigers with you as well today. My biggest concern is when it comes to young pitchers in their first couple starts is how they fare 
the second time facing a team. He's already faced Cleveland once this year. Cleveland's offense is pedestrian enough that I think you're fair, you're safe there. But that's one thing I would look out for is Cleveland has now seen this guy for a start. So how, what kind of adjustments? You know, Jose Ramirez is one of the smartest hitters on the planet. What kind of adjustments do they make seeing him the second time around? One last note on Dodgers Diamondbacks. Um, these are the top two teams in baseball when it comes to covering the run line. So, and, and you can get the Diamondbacks at plus one and a half runs at minus 110, so even money. So that's interesting. Uh, two teams in the same division. Of course, they, they go opposite directions. Normally, the Dodgers are losing runs and the Diamondbacks are getting runs. Uh, but I, I found that interesting, too. Uh, so the D-backs, they do, they do handle their business when it comes to the, uh, the run line. But in not, those games you know, with the higher totals, that's, not that's why I you bet see on the them. juice there because there's more runs expected overall. So that's why the... Even though the line is around plus 140, you'd only see like that 40 or 50 cent gap. Normally, a line around plus 140 for a team, you would expect in a, in a game total around seven or eight, that one and a half to be juiced up closer to minus 140. So definitely getting a discount considering it's a high total game. But I said I like the unders. So yeah, maybe that Diamondbacks plus one and a half is an interesting way to play it. There you go. See, what church we're, we're going to convince you to play it again in some fashion tonight. Snakes so. slither together. All right, cleaning right. up. Let's go to let's go to best bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. Okay, last episode, Sean and Colin each gave one pick. Uh, one, oh, and one. We'll take it. Uh, record now 17, 20, and five on the season on payoff pitch. We'll go to Colin first and then to Sean Zarillo. And folks, they're each giving two plays today. Yeah, my first play today is Blue Jays minus 120. I talked about that a lot earlier, so I won't dwell on it too much. Just one of my favorite plays of the day, Manoa versus Silseth. Complete mismatch. I'm all over the Blue Jays there. The second game is one we haven't talked about yet today. It's Marlins Braves, Trevor Rogers versus Ian Anderson. Rogers has really struggled this year to a 5.20 ERA, but he's been insanely unlucky. He has a 4.16 XFIP. His BABIP begins at 318, which is far above his career average. And he's allowing a whole bunch of home runs, 1.49 homers per nine. I think that he's due for some positive regression. Ian Anderson on the flip side, 4.07 ERA with an XFIP of 4.52. So this is a pure projections play with the starting pitchers, where I think Rogers is due for some positive regression. Anderson is due for some negative regression. I'm on Marlins first five plus 115. We'll also take some of their full game plus 125. For an official best bet, it'll be that first five innings, though. I think that Rogers can match Anderson, if not best him. So Marlins plus 115, I like there. All right, Zarillo, take us home. Best bets for this 14-game slate Friday, May 27th. Yeah, the first is an Apple TV game, first five under, where I'm sure Trevor Story will hit two grand slams in the first five innings. But the Red Sox and Orioles, first five under, five and a half. Minus 125 currently at MGM and DraftKings. Like that, down to five at minus 117. So definitely room to play that. Would prefer laying the juice on the five and a half if you can get it. And then the second is the Tigers, plus one and a half runs, minus 120 at MGM. Like their full game money line as well, but I do think that this first or the uh, the game spread should be juiced probably closer to minus one fifty. I like it up to minus one forty five. I just talked about the fact that you get these higher juiced one and a halfs in games with lower totals. This game totals at seven. If your book lets you play correlated parlays with the plus one and a half of the under, yeah, go for that. That's something that is plus EV certainly over time. Betting the plus one and a halfs with the unders, but low total unders, I should say. 
But the Tigers plus one and a half, minus 120, definitely laying that juice. And I said, you could probably lay it up to about minus 140, even minus 145. Okay, very good. Thank you, gentlemen, as always. Great work. And you both have a fantastic holiday weekend. Looking forward to seeing how we do next Tuesday when we come back from the holiday break. For Colin Whitchurch and Sean Zarillo, Brendan Glasheen, thanks as always, everybody, for tuning in to Payoff Pitch. We join you every Tuesday and Friday. We'll join you next week. Have a safe weekend. Best of luck with your bets. And we'll join you next time. We'll see you. Look at this crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.